0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of uh, Digital Nomad Skills and How to Make Money Online. And this is season four. And today we have a special guest uh, here with us on the show, a friend of mine that I met in Bali. And we've been through some interesting experiences together. And he is also working digitally, working online. And so, please, uh, I would like to introduce to you uh, Graham Bibi. Graham, how are you? And thank you very much for taking the time and joining us.
1: Yeah, I'm amazing. I'm fantastic. Thank you.
0: Nice to have you with us. And before we start, can you just like tell us who you are, what you do? Uh, give yeah. us a bit of a brief about yourself.
1: Okay. Now, I guess I'm older than most of your demographics. No, you're not. Come <laughs> in, on. No. In, in, the, in, the, in the digital world. So, um I, I, I can go back quite far, but um, let, let me let me set the scene. So I, I come from England originally, and I came from what they call a working class background in an area where my parents lived in government housing and the local prison would relocate people from the prison. <laughs> my dad had never gone to prison. My mum had never gone to prison. <laughs> Uh, But I used to get sort of beaten up every day on the way to school. I got ridiculed at school because I lived in a poor location. And uh, all of that drove me to want to get out of that situation and and get out there and earn money. So I guess I started my first uh, money operations when I was about 14. I was helping the... uh, I don't think this happens around the world these days, but the local guy that delivered milk house to house. I used to get up at four in the morning help him. Uh, I used to help my father weekends. He he was a builder, so I used to do that. So I was quite physically strong because I helped him. And then um, I got very interested in mindset and your ability to do whatever you want. So I was driven to. I went to. I went to college. Um, and it was more like party time from what I could see of it. (laughs) So I didn't stay there. I went into accountancy at the time, which was boring, and then somebody applied for a loan, one of the accountants to do some figures. I saw what they were doing. They had a mobile shop business going around the countryside selling things. So that's how how I started off. And then I had all sorts of businesses um, from clothing retailers to um, you know, uh, multi-level marketing, uh, garage forecourts, bakeries, you name it. And I think by the time I was 24, 25, I went into the investment business with Prudential working for them. Uh, they primarily sold insurance, but they did an investment product, which is, and I wanted to do something with money, but my father couldn't even add up. So, none of my extended family knew anything about business or didn't have any education. But I was driven, um, and then I, I discovered that you know the the person that's in control of your destiny is you. So I started to read books and I got involved with um, this investment side, which was was in its infancy. Um, And then one of the companies that I I went to explain how what they call unit linked investments work was opening up an office. They offered me to be manager of that office. So I left to join them. And then I found that everything that was in that office left to another office they set up. So I was running everything. And I think by the time I was uh, 27, I was married and my wife was expecting a baby and she could see I wasn't happy. Uh, she said, you want to start your own business. Uh, so I started my own investment and financial planning business. I uh, bought my first house when I was 21 uh, through washing dishes, scrubbing floors, delivering milk. Um, and I bought my house and put it into five studio apartments. So I got five times my mortgage in rent, uh, but I was a bit of a party animal back then so I used to blow most of my money on cars and I think George Best said I, I, I wasted my money on car, no I didn't I spent most of my money on cars and women and the rest of it I wasted <laughs> <laughs> anyway so I, you know, I, I got married and then um, I had my own house and then I wanted to build a house of quite a big house on a, on a sloping site where a builder had gone bankrupt never done it before but I believed in the power of um, intent and imagination. So I built my first five bedroom detached house with a two bedroom granny flat underneath when I was 28, and it cost twice as much as what I thought it would. And I decided to go and start my own business with a baby coming and no income, but you I went and made it work. So, um, and then eventually I had 26 salespeople. But in 1987, the stock market crashed and, no one was investing money. So for three years, I paid 26 salespeople because I, I believed if you, should, if you want to employ somebody, you should be prepared to support them, not on commission only. So I eventually ran out of money and ran out of credit cards. And with my last $500, got a ticket to Hong Kong. Uh, my wife went berserk. What are you doing? And I said, no, I got this. I had this, download, this, this uh, feeling about it. And then then I went there and I set up an asset management company. So I've done everything. I've I've built garages in Russia, built properties in Tenerife, Australia. I was the third developer in Phuket. Um, And for the last 11 years, I was eight years in Australia. I helped some companies raise money. I, I did all my NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming to get rid of limiting beliefs in people. Because I, I I can see that people, I have more belief in people than people have in themselves. And I know what people can achieve. So I wanted to find a, a system and a process to help people change their beliefs about themselves and let go of negative states. And I also studied timeline therapy where you can go back in past lives and you can clear up some karma that they brought through to this life. So I've had all sorts of people transform their life, which I did. I wasn't doing it as a business, but some people asked me to do it for them. So I did. And I only do it now if, you know, as a serious business guy wants me to, to help him. He's got some problems. He may not have problems in his business, but he may not be happy or he may have family problems or he might be carrying sadness or some something inside of him, trauma. So. And right now, anxiety, depression. So uh, when I was in Australia, I did some of that. And then I was mainly helping companies raise money uh, because I used to speak all over Asia. I was on TV all the time. Um, I did over a thousand TV appearances in 15 years. CNBC, Bloomberg, Reuters, BBC, spoke at investment conferences from London to Switzerland, whatever. And then um, the last three years, I've just been it been on holiday. <laughs> I, I tra- I, 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 so I manage money for companies all over Asia for 30 years. That's my background, using charts and technicals. I don't believe in buy and hold. When the markets are going down, we're out. When they start going up again, we'll get back in. The a system and process for doing that. And more recently, I've been, because the markets have been uh, more, uh, they're going through the winter. Everything is a cycle. Everything in life is a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have the summer time, or you have the springtime, when you start planting your seeds. So, for example, if in 91, you planted a seed into Microsoft shares, you put $10,000 in, within nine years, you had $10 million. And then in 2000 to 2003, the $10 million went down to almost 10000 again. So in 2000, for example, when I was managing some funds for people, um, we got out from the top with about an 8% loss and stayed in cash for two 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 and a half years. Um, right now, I'm more day trading where I'm just on the markets for an hour, 90 minutes, and that's all I do. Um, I'm building up cash for that with a view that longer term I want to open up retreats and I want to uh, invest in other, other entrepreneurs, not just with their mindset, but sometimes they got a good idea, they need a bit of help. And also I know after this toughness that economies are going through with inflation, it's gonna be like 2003 again. It's gonna be, there's gonna be companies to invest in with new technology, like artificial intelligence, robotics, DNA, and those stock prices will 50X, 100X over five to maximum 10 year period. So even if you have only got 1,000, within five to 10 years, you can turn that into 100,000. Mm-hmm. And being here in Asia, I have chatted a lot to uh, digital nomads because i I'm really impressed by them and the lifestyle that people can lead. Um, I just remember one time in changu area, um, and you know Rahim, I, I'm, I, I like people, so I chat to people. And there was a couple in the cafe early in the morning, I think it was six o'clock. And they were both working on computers. And one of them was gonna get coffee. and I said, oh, I guess you guys make your money online. Do you mind if I ask you what you do? And they were making gift packages for shops in England. The gift packages were coming from Vietnam, and they were living in Bali. So I, I just said, oh, I love it, right? And then I met another guy that which was making the water bottles that you see when people go to the gym. Um, when I used to go to Wanderlust CrossFit, this guy there, he was like, oh, Jesus, it's really tough at the moment. I said, oh, what's going on? Oh, I sell these water bottles into the US. I've got so many orders, I can't, I can't come. So what do you mean? because I've got to to pay up front and I sell them online. But, you know, again, a really successful business. So um, I can see for youngsters, and I'm not digital savvy, right, social media savvy, but I think youngsters these days pick that up very, very quickly. The the missing ingredients a lot of people have is the confidence in themselves, right? Mm. Confidence and maybe a bit of guidance. to to know what to do and know what their passion is and get out there and do it. You know, I wrote a few best-selling books and um, they used to have me on stage to ask, you know, what about my books? And I said, well, the first thing I want to tell you is I cheated. Everyone sat there, what? I said, well, the first book I wrote, I sat there and sat there. I used to write something up, get rid of it, write something up. So I got two copywriters, and I gave them the framework of each um, chapter. And when they wrote it, they wrote completely the opposite of what I wanted. And I was so annoyed that I went, then went and rewrote every word. Hmm. But once I, they, insp- they, got me, they got my emotion, and we're all energy, right? We're all vibrating. They got the emotion up in me. No, it's not like this. And then I started typing. And then all of a sudden, you get these downloads because most people don't realize. You know, they say you don't know what you don't know, but a lot of people don't know what they do know. And what might be simple for one person is not simple for another person. Even even one, one person what? who was very successful. Well, I, yeah, I, well,
0: I just have, have a question. You said, that you
1: said downloads. and.
0: So that, like, I understand what what do you mean by download? But like, just like to clarify, let's say like this is like an inspiration or something like that, right? Right.
1: Well, or you like start a writing. Message. Yeah, so you start writing on, on my different chapters. I don't know if I've got a copy of the book here, but and I've written six books. But you start writing, and then suddenly, more words are coming to you. And actually, when you, I, I, I'm not just trying to blow my own trumpet, but I think anybody could do this, is when you finish writing, I've used to read and go, shit, that looks good. <laughs> Where did that come from? But once your mind is, sometimes you have a blockage, a procrastination or something, or, or maybe it's a limiting belief. And, and a lot of people, see, the biggest thing for most people is taking action. Once you take action, because people go, oh, should I take this action? Should I take that action? Should I take this action? Well, (laughs) the the number one thing is to take the action. Because once you start taking the action, it's like driving from one part of town to another part of town. Um, You know, if you don't know the way and you start going down a road and it's the wrong road, you then, oh, I'll turn left here, I'll turn right there. So you will make progress. And then you'll learn what you shouldn't do. And then you will you'll gradually frame what you should be doing. And you could end up, I mean, I built a 92 private pool with a resort in Phuket. And I couldn't speak Thai. I never had a construction company. And people said I was mad. But I did it. But I had the vision to do it because I could see Phuket was opening up to uh, foreign investment. I was a third investor. Came to Bali, stayed in all these different villas because I wanted to get concept together, bought all these books about design. And then I happened to bump into a guy that did some, he was a French guy, did a lot of design here. And then he agreed to be the architect. And then I w- it was going to be quite small. And then I met a guy in Hong Kong who was a partner in the candidacy firm. Mm-hmm. So I'm retiring. I don't know what to do. And I said, how would you like to invest in a resort in Phuket? <laughs> so nice. the money came, the architect came. And then eventually I got cheated by the, um, the construction company. Uh, he ran off with some of my money, but then I took over the construction company. So I then ended up with my own construction company. And then we, you know, we ran it as a resort, and I had the number one restaurant in, in Spa. So pe- people r- it, p- people are taught to limit themselves. Yes. That's very true. The schooling, the just over broke thing, the job thing, the education is yeah, they, not to educate you. No, it's, it's to, to s- restrict you. you. Yeah, it's to
0: restrict yeah. you to make you become a certain type of person, and it doesn't allow yeah, so, you to so, to learn so, the right way.
1: Yeah. So my son, because when I went to Hong Kong, right, I went with my last five hundred dollars, right, and I'd maxed out every credit card. And within three months of setting up in Hong Kong, because I was in the flow. Hong Kong was booming. I met all these companies. I was in the right zone. I paid off all my credit cards. I flew my family and her parents all to Hong Kong and had a beachfront villa in Hong Kong in three months. Wow. And I've been almost three years. At one stage, we lived for one year, on baked potatoes and baked beans, because I had no money. Nice. And I, go, how I how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to get out of this? How am I going to get out of this? And then someone said, well, you're English. Hong Kong's under England. It's booming. Why don't you go there? And I, wow, that Hong Kong, ooh, I And it took me a year to go, and then one day I said, I'm going. And I came home with a ticket, and my wife went berserk. What are you doing? Spending the, one of my last five hundred dollars on that—that's
0: just going on holiday with your last five hundred dollars. Yeah, nice. But you lost it again, right? So you made the money, and uh, yeah, I mean, in the beginning you didn't have anything, and then you managed to create a fortune, and then you lost it, and then you went to Hong Kong, and then you lost yeah. it again, right?
1: Yeah. So, so I, I got married to somebody, and I owned a lot of land in Thailand, which got taken away because of certain things my partner did. Um, And then I went off to Australia with next to nothing with um, my current wife and my son from my second marriage. And then I put him through education and you need all the insurances. So I went there with nothing and my overheads were $300,000 a year. And I created $300,000 a year. Nice. And then um, I I stopped most of the things I was doing outside of raising money for an energy company because I believed in the technology they had. And then the guy who was the CEO was very close to me. We got a deal together that I would run all the sales and marketing and I'd get a master percentage over all of that. So it, it, it could have been, you know, tens if not hundreds of millions. Uh, and then he suddenly died of cancer. (laughs) So, you know, but life gives you little challenges here and there. Yeah. So, so then I came to, um, I I decided anyway that I wanted to get out of Australia. Australia is beautiful, but it's very controlled, right? The Mm. government controls everything. There's rules and regulations for everything. So I liked Asia because there's energy, there's vibration. Um so I thought this was the place to be. Um uh, actually what I didn't know, there was a, it was a message for me to get out before COVID came. <laughs> and uh we 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 um I went to see this company that owned a headland in Lombok. They were they were going do multi-million dollar villas. And I thought, oh that's that's my area of expertise because I I at one stage I had six multi-billionaire clients besides managing money for most of the financial advisors in in Asia. Um, So I went to look at that. And then I saw what was going on in in, uh, Lombok. So we stayed there for almost a year. But then because of COVID, lots of people were leaving. There was less and less expats. So then I decided to move to to Bali, where the energy was different. And I wanted to go a bit more deeper on the spiritual side. Um, And I guess there's some people listening they might be thinking oh spiritual side but if you study scientifically uh, how everything is made up everything's made up of uh, energy vibration we're vibrating everything's vibrating Um, and there is a there is a logic behind um, if you like to call it spiritualism but it's really getting to know your own power so my first book that I wrote was called how the stock market really works because the way people are told it's work is to take the money from the masses and make sure the rich people get it. But once you know how it works, you know it's a game. My life is a game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, I can't send that book out because uh, first of all, you need to master your mind. So my first book was called Master Your Mind, Master Your Money. Yes, that's and then the next- one, I that's one I saw. Yeah, and then so the first half of that book explains about what life is about, what wealth really means, and what the ultimate desire of everyone is. And it's not money. Okay, I get it. If you don't have money, like (laughs) this world the way it's set up is a tough place, right? Uh, But it doesn't start with that. It starts with you. It starts with happiness. And everyone's ultimate goal is they wanna be happy, right? Because I had some really rich people who were so miserable. They had no friends. I would see them out at a, at a nice restaurant, and they'd be eating on their own. And I'd talk to them and say, you know, how are you doing? And they'd say, well, I'm doing great. And i say, are you sure? Oh, yeah, my company made another, I mean, I remember one guy. His company made another $300 million last year. And I bought this house here and that house there. But I looked at him, he, he just did not look happy. You know, he, he had a family and a son and daughter were off there spending his money. So the, the key to everything is freedom, happiness, and health.
0: Freedom, happiness, and health. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I agree. What else? And now what, what, what do you have out of the three?
1: Well, I've always had the three.
0: We've always had not, not always <laughs> when no, you no. to, when you went to Hong Kong you have lost the,
1: the last 500 never dollars. mind yeah but never mind yeah, yeah. so yeah. i've've always, always so I was in England right when I lost all, all, you know I was paying all these people and and I was and I said to people don't complain about life this is I used to do seminars all around England right don't complain about life if you don't like it Change. do something about yeah. it yeah And then one day, I always found myself whinging about the weather, about the class system in the UK because I couldn't get into this account. And I thought, I'm not living what I'm saying. So I'm going. I'm going to go into the unknown because in the unknown is where the opportunity is. It feels scary. But on the other side of fear is the opportunity. So I went. I didn't know anyone. And when I got there, all these things suddenly started to happen. I met this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. One guy wanted to be a partner with me. He already had a business. Um, so initially we were partners, but then I made all this money for his company and he kept it, so we split up. <laughs> we're supposed to have shared it. But anyway, but if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be there. So, um, yeah, so so now uh, I'm at the point, I've been I've been in – uh, Lombok in Bali for three years. I'm doing my trading. I've been seeking where I should go from here because I don't need to go anywhere. I can well, I can go everywhere. I can live anywhere. I don't. I can trade from anywhere, right? So I don't need to be anywhere specifically. Um, but I feel there's a bigger purpose. So I've been delving here into that purpose, uh, and you know. Most people at my age have retired and don't want to do anything. But I also know that most people live to the age they think they will. And I've done in-depth studies on longevity, et cetera. I know right now, if you've got the right money, you don't need to die. There's there's technology here that can rebuild your heart and everything to a 20-year-old. And that's that's going to get cheaper and cheaper. And some people say, well, I wouldn't want to live to 150. But um, one of the guys that I met in Australia that's from America, uh, he's in the 70s. Uh, he studied indigenous tribes around the world that live to 150 to 200 years of age. They don't know what cancer is, they don't know what diabetes is, and they just pass away one night. They don't get sick because we get sick for uh, eating. And I think sugar is the biggest culprit, those down the brain as well. So I have a vision. Which I'm not executing right now. Of uh, either running a retreat, which would help people with um, to re to raise up their energy, right, to believe, mm-hmm. and also show them how to achieve stuff. Um, or it could be some online courses uh, with you know my knowledge and expertise to do that. Um, I haven't dived into it yet because, you know, with my online trading, there, there's no limit to how much you can make per night. You need to build up your cash to, to how much you can trade. And and I've done well at a property before, so that's that's on my list. So, I mean, anyone who's listening out there, um, the good thing is with online is they can do it. They can start it if they want to do online. Why they're doing. You know, they've got their existing job, right? They could do it as an evening thing, a weekend thing, and they can automate it. Um, I sort of looked down that road before, but I thought, why, don't, why do I want to do that? I mean, if I wanted to do it, I would set up a company to do it, and I would get bright people that like doing that sort of thing to, to do it. Mm. And I was even <laughs> thinking the other day, oh, maybe I won't set up the retreats myself. I might invest in other people's retreats. And I might, you know, I might be a, a speaker or whatever. Um, you know, I started, I, I did some meditation stuff where I took people back previous lifetimes and things. And they say, well, will you do it every week? And I said, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But like stuff like this, I'm, I'm I'm, happy to, you know, pass on knowledge, information of what I did. Um, and, I, you know, and I, I come from, you know, we always had enough food on the table, right? I was, I was always happy. I wasn't abused or anything like that. My dad always worked. Sometimes he worked away because there was no work, so we, we didn't see him for a while, and then he'd come back. But he was a manual worker. Um, and I guess I got the work ethic from him. But I, I have to also say, I, I don't buy into this work your off business. That's not how it's done. You, you, you would need to work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. And you need to think. Most people don't think. They think they think, but they don't really think. They're thinking thoughts that other people gave them. So sometimes people need to go and sit quietly and just, what, what, is, what, is, what do I want my life to be like? You know, one guy in, in, in Australia, he was a carpenter. You know, dealing would work on building sites, and he asked me would I do some NLP with him. He he had some issues. You know, he was kept losing his temper. He he thought he was going to get divorced. He had kids because he kept flaring up. Um, You said, "I'm stuck in this job. It's back breaking. I hate it." What would you like to do? And he wanted to be a crypto trader. But, you know, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. So we went through the whole, we did a breakthrough session with him where we went back. He sent me all his life history from far back as he remembers. and I went through and I found where the limiting beliefs were, the negative states. And as a carpenter, we, we concluded that with the company he worked for, he was the one that everyone wanted to do their carpentry because he was so ridiculous, he was the top. So this guy, he was not dumb, he was smart, he was attention to detail, and I changed his mindset, and the last four years, he'd he just been living off his crypto trading. Nice, wow. And there was another lady that used to trade the US futures market, she was retired, and um, she had a limiting belief about how much she could make. So we changed that belief. She wasn't making huge amounts, but i say not huge amounts. She was making about $500 a night. And she'd trade for 90 minutes. Well, you know, most people could live on $500 a night. I mean, she could have, she could have done more, um, but that was her comfort zone. So sometimes people need a sounding board. And I, and I think mentors and coaches, all, all my mentors and coaches, apart from when I used to fly to Chicago every three months. I've been from books. In books, there's a gold mine of information in books. Yeah, of course. And, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always reading am always always reading. Yeah. yeah I, and people, I, think, people say, why are you reading at your age? You must have read so many books. I said, yeah, sometimes I reread the books. And even when I was uh, in Hong Kong and uh, I used to do TV, I used to talk at lots of things. And if I talk to somebody about how I manage money, they'd say, "Oh, can you manage my money?" What? And this, then they'd see me at a sales conference, sales training. What are you? What are you doing here? You know all this stuff. I said, "Well, no, you don't always know what, know everything, and sometimes you forget, right? You forget little simple things."
0: Yeah, and even when you're reading a book, and and it's like. Sometimes some book will resonate with you in a certain way at a certain time. And when you read it like a little bit later, it resonates in a different way. And yes. yeah. And, and also sometimes, yeah. because like, I feel like when you're reading a certain book is like, you kind of enter in the mind of the writer. So you are kind of seeing things from really his point of view. And when you finish the book, you will get some things, but you need to go into it again to... To rethink how he thinks and stuff. So definitely like books is, is, is an amazing uh, tool and and and
1: reading, but you are also it's like, it's, like, it's like if you if you haven't seen a movie for ages, but you you know you've seen it. But when you rewatch it, huh, I don't remember this. <laughs> so I I don't know what book I picked up the other day, which I'd read before. And I couldn't believe I'd read it before because the meaning. Of certain things was hitting me more. I was understanding more. because you're in a different so phase. What, what, so, what do you think your audience is really looking to to learn about? What What do you think their their obstacles are or, or their desires? I think that
0: the audience that I am targeting's uh, main uh, main or uh, main obstacle is to get out to to find something to do outside the norm to basically step out of the system that they've been inside so long because like the system when you live in a a certain country in a certain way like the typical traditional countries they teach us like you said in the beginning they teach us a certain way of thinking and that is the only way to do things like 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 for example i had a friend of mine visiting from from egypt a while ago a couple of weeks ago And we were talking about it. And even though she sees all the people here making money and making millions and making different things, not everybody, obviously, but some people are living a very good life remotely. And the only thing that they need is a laptop. She could not get her head around the fact that this is a possibility. No, you have to go back. You have to follow the rules. You have to work in a a, a company or in a farm or something. And that's the way it is so and even though there is the example it's live in front of her no but look at that look at this person look at that person and she's like like no so so one of the things that i am trying to do and that's basically the objective of this podcast uh, is to set to show different examples uh, you for example are a person who who have had so many experience and every time i sit with you i learn something new about you like <laughs> every time which is inspiring and it's very very yeah, I mean, I think you have something very, very nice, which is like whenever, when when the world puts you down, you stand up and you find something else and you make, uh, when when basically life gives you lemon, you make lemonade. So every time yeah, you, so, you so, fight. So,
1: yeah, sometimes you need to move out the environment you're in because the environment is controlling you, even though you may not realize it. And even, uh, you know, life here is, you know, as you know, is wonderful in Bali. Um, but you do get set in the same vibration. Even when I went to Lombok the other day, I started to think different things. And usually if I go on a flight somewhere, my mind starts working differently because you come out of your setting. I mean, at one stage, I remember a guy that was a mortgage broker. He worked for a mortgage brokerage and he wanted to start his own brokerage. And he was at some event I was at. And his biggest challenge was to go and start his own business. And I said, well, how good are you at mortgage-broking? He said, well, I'm number one in the company. And I said, so what's the problem? Oh, yeah, but I got an income. And I said, do you, do you know, at one stage, I had 350 staff in 12 companies. And ultimately, I was responsible for all their income, right? I said, but you don't think of it. But when it's just one person, especially if you're already good at something. And another lady um, who was, this is a little bit different, but she was the head of HR for, I can't remember if it was Visa or MasterCard in Singapore. And they would get, she was really good. She was, and they kept, but they kept giving her more and more work. People were left. They gave her more and more work. So I, and they wanted to go back to Australia. So oh, I said to her, "Why do you keep getting keep You keep getting more and more work, and you're working 18 hours because I'm so good at what I do." I said, "Okay, you should resign." <laughs> Why? They pay my school fees, they pay medical, they fly us home. I got a really good salary. Her husband was doing property, but he didn't need the money because she was owning the money. And I said, you resign and see what happens. And did she? So she, so she resigned. Okay. And then she, and I said, but just keep telling me what's going on. She said, now they've got four people doing my job. Oh, yeah. And I said, uh, how well are they doing? And then she said, well, I get feedback that is is getting more and more in a mess. And so I said, okay, you, you, you should just get back to your boss and say hi. So you know to sort of keep in contact, how are you doing? And then they said to her, well, we wish we never let you go. And is there any way you could come back? And I said, tell them, you you can do the job for more salary on your hours by living in Australia. Hmm. She was won't do that. I said, do you think you could do the job? She said, well, with the team they've got now, I've just got to oversee it. I said, just put it out there and say, tell them you don't want an answer from him now and leave it. And then she called me and said, I can't believe it. I'm getting twice the salary I got before, and I'm going to work like two hours a day. I so said, there wow. you go. Nice. <laughs> wow. Because she created her value, right, in the business. They kept giving her more because that's what – sometimes companies don't value good people. So, again, anybody listening, you start off by valuing yourself. So if you're in a, if you're in a job, even if you hate it, create the best value. And you might, you might say, well, I don't want to do that because he's not paying me whatever. It's not about him, it's about you. You're telling yourself, the universe, that I'm going to be the best version of myself I can be for what I'm doing. And then you'll be amazed at things that happen from that. Yeah, so basically, in life... Um, you have to respect yourself before anyone else is going to respect you. It's like loving yourself, right? Which you know, we've been told to do the opposite of what we should be doing, right? So if you say, oh, I love myself, people think what? You're so far, your head's here, you know, whatever. But no one's going to love you until you love yourself. And you've got to value yourself. So whatever position you're in, do the best that you can. Give more than you get, right? And if you give out that energy, give out that. Just think about whatever you're doing. Can I, can I do it any better? How could I do it better? And and you'll become noticed, and things will start appearing in your life. And then and then gradually think about write down. If, well, I in my timeline therapy that I do with people, I told you I go back to past lives. We can go into a forward life as well. Okay. You, you put into your timeline. Your future self, which, if you don't know anything about this, it sounds woo-hoo, but it's all to do with energy and it's all to do with vibration and the way everything works. Everything vibrates, its tables vibrating, its cups vibrating, energy thoughts have a vibrational um, imprint in the quantum field so you you can you could write down your what your ideal life would be, and I, and by that, I don't mean. You know, currently you're a waiter in a restaurant and you're suddenly going to write down, I want $100 million and blah, 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 because that's a bit of, a, bit of a jump. But you might say, oh, you know, I'd be really happy with this or really happy if I was living in Bali and I had some business or whatever. And how would it look like? What would it look like? And then envisage it in your head and then work towards how can I achieve that? little steps that I could do that I, I, you know I, I don't know what I could sell or there's one there's one lady um, <laughs> there's two ladies what, that were in were authored uh, some books in the same group that I was in and one lady was making $100,000 a year selling a book on how to make your parrot speak so the way that you get it to speak. And another lady was doing how to grow really lush, ripe tomatoes from anywhere, even on a balcony. And she was making $100,000 a year from selling that book. She found a niche. <laughs> and she was doing it. But, you know, most people don't need to make $100,000, do they? If they, if they make $40,000, 50000 And then once you, you're in that groove, you might then, because that could be automated, right? And then you can bring out another book. But, you know, you find a niche that there could be some interest in. It could be sort of the weirdest thing you could think of. Um, like you being a diving master. It could be you know, how, to, how to go into another... How to create, like, circular to... bubbles
0: online. Maybe, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's all, all, all sorts of things. Or, you know, people might find people to interview. You know, you you said about your Egyptian friend came here. Um, Might be finding Egyptian entrepreneurs around the world, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, being from Egypt, I'm very interested in Egypt. And, you know, we chatted about Egypt because going back to how your mind works, vibration works, and whatever. um, And, you know, Egypt was in the past one of the richest places in the world. Um, There's a reason for that. And if people went below the surface, they might they might find a lot of knowledge uh, from the old mystics of uh, Egypt.
0: Yeah, I believe in that. I believe that. Yeah. So yeah. if you have if you have a piece of advice for the people who are listening now, like if you want to give them something to start or or something that comes, like you've had loads of experiences. And you had loads of theories and loads of things that you come across. What would be the first thing that you would give a piece of advice to a person listening to that to us today?
1: Don't take life too seriously.
0: Don't take life too seriously. Okay, that's a good one. And no,
1: and no, shit happens. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all know that. So, so if if you're in a situation where life seems hopeless, you cannot. You cannot get out of a pit by being by working from the pit. So if you've got stress going on, this is, again, scientifically proven, parts of your brain close down. The creative part of your brain closes down because the stress... That's why there's a theory that globally fear is spread to control the masses. We don't want them thinking, right? So... You need to get yourself out of that environment into a happy place. Hmm. So you you want to do things that make you happy. Even if you said, oh, I'm working six days a week, whatever. So one day a week, think of something that you wouldn't normally do, that you're going to do, that's going to make you really happy. So it could be just going for a walk in nature, it could be if you are if you're like coffee, and maybe money's tight, but I'm going to treat myself to that coffee in that, that five-star resort on that beach, and go there and just feel good. Change your mindset. Change your energy. And then gradually, and then spend time with yourself, just sit in thinking. Because I, I made, the, made the mistake of when I lost over $10 million uh, and it was not a happy situation. I lost, I lost my family. And then I lost my daughter and my son. Everything. I kept focusing on the problem, and they tell you your energy goes with where you focus, right? And you attract what you think about. So I kept thinking, it can't get any worse than this, can it? And it did. <laughs> Oh, one of the things you should say to yourself, even if it's going, well, how does it get any better than this? How does it get any better than this? And just leave it. Hmm. And the universe will show you. This is how it gets better.
0: Nice. That's a good thing.
1: And, and I would also, because it's all to do with vibration. So, you know, there's been a book called The Secret, The Law of Attraction, right? Yeah. <laughs> And for most people, it doesn't work because the secret was taken out of the secret. They were told to take the secret out. So they tell you to affirmations and all that stuff, right? So people do affirmations and they do them a lot when they're in a bad situation, right? Oh, I really want to be rich. Oh, I really wish I could find a nice partner. Oh, I really wish this... So you're doing it from a low vibrational level. It's not about the words. It's about the vibration. So you attract what you vibrate at. So if you vibrate at a low level, you attract more of that into your life. So what you got to do is make yourself happy, raise your vibration level, make yourself more cheerful. Just try it. And every day, just, just sense of achievements, right? So a few people in Australia got to transform their health. Oh, I can't, you know, I'm so fat, I'm so unhealthy, I can't do anything. I said, okay, if I ask you to go for a walk for 10 minutes, could you do it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So if I ask you the next day to walk one more minute, could you do it? Oh, yeah. Okay, so if I ask you to walk one more minute every day, could you do it? Yeah. So by the end of the month, these people are walking 40 minutes. And then they're walking up an hour and a half. And once they start walking, because energy and motion, right? They get in the energy movement. And then you maybe you want to walk for more, or maybe you want to walk longer. You want to cover more distance in the same time. So you do all these little tickle things. So you do little achievements. So for example, meditation, I'm not great at it, but just sit quietly for one minute or two minutes. And it's not clear your head because it's almost impossible to do. You get a thought, okay, goodbye, and then do it a bit more every day and have a checklist and then start ticking it off. Okay, meditate for two minutes. Yes, I went and had that coffee. Yes, I went and did. So at the end of the week, when you look, wow, all these things I achieved because success breeds success. So you can start off small steps, tiny steps, and and then they grow. It's all about you, love yourself, even wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and instead of going, jeez, got a few more wrinkles, got a few more grey hairs, if your best friend said that to you, you'd say, clear off, but you say it to yourself, right? If you wake up in the morning and go, I love you, look at your body, look at it, this is a miracle, right? Yeah. Did you decide how to grow yourself? Did you, did you wake up in the morning and go, hang on a minute, got to turn on my heart? got to turn on my lungs. No, it's happening, right? Because there's a higher force than you. Because some people are like, no, nah, I don't believe in that. Well, how's your heart ticking? How's your blood going right? How's all of that happening? How's your hair growing? How's your nails growing? You cut, try cutting yourself and then telling you, trying to work out how to heal it. You don't do anything, right? It heals itself. There's a higher power. So you've got a miraculous thing called a body. And every person is a miraculous Try when you go out, smiling at everyone and saying, good day. And if they say, how are you? Say, amazing. See the reaction you get. I had people in Australia stop and go, huh? What do you mean amazing? What happened? And I go, I woke up this morning. I was still alive. And you smile at people. People smile back because the world's a mirror. It's a mirror of you. So, you smile at everyone and you're this friendly person, and the world, you love the world, the world loves you. So, my saying is love living life, and then life loves you. Mm. Every day I wake up and go, if, if you're lonely and you're at home, buy yourself a plant. If you can't buy yourself a dog, a plant? Yeah. For, tend to a plant. Mm. that's beautiful, right? Or get a dog because dog is not spelt the way it is by mistake. Because if you reverse the it, letters, it's G O D, right? It's God.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, yeah. And a dog and a dog loves you unconditionally, just like God. And okay, who is God? You know, is he a Muslim? Is he this? Is he that? Is he whatever? God is in here. Yeah, that's very. he's true. in is in your heart. Once you know that, it's got got your back. And if there's a problem in your life, it's a challenge. Challenge for you to overcome. But when you're in the challenge, you can't always see the way out. It seems like almost impossible. Like me, when I was in the challenge in England, until I got on that flight to go to Hong Kong, I spent three years trying to figure it out, but I had no more money left. And my wife was getting fed up living on potatoes. (laughs) And my kids said, Dad, why don't we give you baked beans? And they used, to, they used to like baked beans, but not after a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, nice. No, it's uh, that's that's
0: very, very inspiring. I like really the stories. Uh and it's very education ed, educational. Like it's very like it's very uh, uh, yeah, it's for me it's very like I've I've learned a lot. Yeah, go ahead.
1: And also people in Asia are extremely lucky. Why? Third world countries because because Asia. See, I moved to Hong Kong for one reason the world's wealth was moving to Asia because the demographics of the world are changing, right? So, Asia still got heaps of young people, yeah. and the young people, as they come up, they, they spend more, they, they earn more, they, their standard of living goes up. But in the Western world, they're going to have more old people dependent on the young people. So everybody has their time in the sun. I think America and Europe, they've had their time in the sun. Now it's a time in, in, in Asia. Or the East. And yeah. turn what you might think is a disadvantage into an advantage. Hmm. Okay. Just think about it differently. I will. True
0: all right graham thank you very much i mean like unfortunately our time is uh, is up yeah. for this episode Sorry. but uh let's let's try to arrange for another one because i think there is like so much more that we can chat about actually like you have
1: yeah and if, if anybody wants to throw in any questions or whatever we could have one that includes questions that people have that we,
0: we can do that for sure, and I'll also like if you want, you can give me at the end like all your information. I'll just put it down uh, for the guys if anybody wants to, to reach out to you to get a little bit more information or maybe like, learn oh, about it,
1: or if you don't want, yeah, to, it's just you don't my, have to. It, it's just my email, really. But uh, I'd rather them, you know, contact yeah. you in a way, and then we could, we could just set up another tool, nice. or, or, or you, we could even, you know, maybe we do something where we do a little online thing where people can listen in and come online do a live thing
0: i don't know why not i mean i'm i'm open for all these suggestions so anyways yeah thank you very much for taking the time thank and, you brother uh, and uh spending it and sharing with us your experience and expertise and and My pleasure. life experiences and uh wise sayings as well uh i think it's gonna help a lot <laughs> i mean for me i took a couple of them i, I noted them um but yeah, and uh, thank you guys for listening and tuning in. And I will see you guys on another Tuesday with another episode of uh, how to become digital nomad and how to make money online. And this is season four. I'm your host Rahim Hamada. And today we had with us Graham Bibi. And uh, I'll see you guys on another episode. Thank you and have a nice day.